0: Good morning to all of you. It is a good morning. It's a new year. And as you know, just last week, we celebrated that new year. And a lot of people, I would imagine, are excited about the new year of 2023, it's a new year that by which they can maybe have a, you know a fresh start, opportunity to have a clean slate, or even a chance to become uh, better at who they are and what they do. So what we're going to do with that same thought in mind as we start this new year is we're going to start a new series and look at how we can become better at who we are and what we do as followers of Jesus. And so, as you can see, the this new series is entitled, or is called, I should say, is called uh, cultivate. And I don't know about you, but when I think of the word cultivate, I think of gardening. Uh, And I think of gardening because when I was in grade school and I was growing up in Parma, my dad was the pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church on Ridge Road there in Parma. And we lived in the parsonage right next door. And there was in the back of our our yard was this sizable plot that we could cultivate into a garden. Uh, So we we had this garden. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you grew up with a garden or you, currently have a garden? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? So for me, you know, cultivate always brings back those those memories of when my brother and I in early spring would be told by my mom to go out and cultivate the garden, which meant that we were the rototiller. We would have to turn over all of the soil and mix in compost. And then late spring, early summer, we would go out and cultivate the garden again, only this time we were breaking up the packed uh, ground, loosening it up and pulling weeds, which I hated. And then we went out and until the late summer, early fall time, and we would cultivate the garden again by picking the vegetables, the green beans and zucchini and all those other things. And so in my mind, when I hear the word cultivate, that's what I think, I think of gardening. But of course, the word cultivate simply means this, to nurture or help grow. And it doesn't just apply to gardening, right? You can cultivate a relationship in your family. You can cultivate a friendship or your career or your business, or as we will be looking at in this series, your walk with Jesus. So that's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to talk about how we can cultivate spiritual growth for this new year. We're going to talk about how you can, how you can uh, fertilize the soil of your heart, how you can weed out any distractions or temptations that might keep you from growing, how you can nurture Christ-like character, And because we started a new year and because maybe some of you had some New Year's resolutions of becoming a better you, a new you for this new year, uh, I thought, well, let's talk about that as well. Let's talk about how the Holy Spirit can help you become a better you, a new year, a new you in the new year, how he can help you become more like Christ, a better reflection of him. And I share that because unfortunately, for a lot of people, when they want to change themselves, when they want to become a better version of themselves, they will often look for ways to do that on the outside. It's kind of like what Laura was talking about a moment ago. Maybe they'll get a new outfit, some new, you know, up to date clothing, or maybe they'll change how they look. They'll get a new haircut, or some new makeup, or maybe even some some plastic surgery or you know maybe they'll they'll do some other kind of thing they'll they'll make these outward changes in hopes that that will make them into a better version of themselves and while that might work for the moment it doesn't last and that's because it's your inner self your inner world that really you know, needs to um, be dealt with. That's where you really live out your life. It's your inner world that determines the decisions that you make and how you give and receive love and how you relate to other people. So yeah, you can change your outward appearance all you want, but you still have to deal with that inner part of you as well. And that's what we're gonna look at. That's what we're gonna try to cultivate over these next couple of weeks. And and so I hope you come back. I hope you come back over these next couple of weeks for for these two reasons, based on these two truths. First, everyone is ugly on the inside because of sin. Doesn't matter how a person might look on the outside, every human being is ugly because of the sin that is within them. And there are no exceptions to that truth. In Ecclesiastes 7 says, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins, right? So yeah, on the inside, we're all ugly. Second, the second truth, in spite of that ugliness of our sin, God has an image of an attractive life for all of us, right? He has an attractive, he has this image of an attractive life for all of us that he would like to cultivate, And so to better help you to understand how this cultivating, how this nurturing, how this growing happens, what I like to do is share with you three things that I believe you'll wanna keep in mind. The first thing you're gonna wanna keep in mind is the picture. This is God's picture of who you can be. God's picture of the new you. And that picture is found in Galatians chapter six, verse 22 and 23, where it says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, that's God's picture of who you can be. That is what God wants to cultivate within you. And it's called the fruit of the spirit. And just so you know, over these, starting next Sunday, for the next three Sundays, we're gonna dive deeper into three of those qualities that make up what we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. And we're gonna look at three areas that arguably are those three areas that all of us need to kind of work on the most, and that's peace, patience, and self-control, yeah. So those three are what we're gonna tackle over the next three weeks. But today, we're gonna look at God's picture of who you can be, of the new you that you cannot make up by just changing your outward appearance, but it happens when the Holy Spirit invades your life. Now, as I'm sharing this information, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, okay, that makes sense. I need the fruit of the Spirit, but that fruit of the Spirit that we just read about and that is free, the question I have is, why is it that when I look at my life I don't always see all of those qualities at work in me all the time. Why is it that I'm not always cultivating and producing fruit of the spirit like I want, like I should? And that leads me to the second thing you want to keep in mind, and that's the problem. And the problem is also found in Galatians 5. This time, verse 17, where it says, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Now, in that verse, there were two words, contrary and conflict. Now, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why you don't always cultivate and produce the fruit of the spirit like you should. It's just because at the same time, there's this constant battle going on in your life, a battle that is trying to seek to meet a particular a specific desire that all of you still have. And we're gonna just call this the desire to satisfy the old sinful nature. For example, for example, imagine you're leaving church today, right? And, you know, just a few minutes, you're gonna be walking out there, you get in your car, you pull out onto Abbey Road, and from there you drive home, maybe you go on to Royalton Road, but let's just imagine that as you're driving down the street, almost immediately you come across a car that is definitely broken down. It's on the side of the road. The hood is up. There's steam coming out. The person obviously needs help. So, so yeah, you you will go ahead and, and you see that. And in that moment, you need to ask yourself, just like that's the second, You got to ask yourself, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, and certainly you could pull over Right? And you could help that person. And in doing so, you could demonstrate the presence of God's spirit right then and there. So you could follow God's route and you could help that person in their time of need. But understand, at the same time, your old sinful nature is going to kick in and there's going to be this conflict going on. And you're going to start thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute. I don't want to stop. I look good. I'm hungry, and they don't have donuts, and, and, so, and, and I, it's cold outside, and I want to get home. And so, you know, there are a lot of other people who are leaving church at the same time. Maybe someone else can help. See, that's what happens when God's picture of who you can be, right? The fruit of the Spirit collides with your old sinful nature. And that's why you don't always cultivate and produce the fruit of the spirit, like you should. It's because you're producing other fruit. Fruit, I'll just call it this, the bitter fruit of the selfish spirit. That's right. And that is also found in Galatians 5, this time verses 19 through 21, where it says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's quite a list. But that's what happens when not the Holy Spirit, but your selfish spirit is in control. Think about it this way. When the Holy Spirit is not in control of my life, guess what I'm capable of? I'm capable of me. Yeah, I'm capable of some pretty ugly stuff. Stuff that I think about, stuff that I say, things that I should do, but I don't. Things that I should avoid, but I do them anyway. So I'm capable of a lot of ugly junk, and so are you. But here's my point. If you're gonna become a better version of you, a better you, then you need to understand this critical truth, okay? And it's this, only God can cultivate true change. You can't, because your old sinful nature will cause you to crash and burn every single time. Only God can do that. And that's why God came to this earth in the person of Jesus on that first Christmas, right? He came here so that in Jesus, we could be saved from the ugliness of our sin. We could be saved from our selfish spirit. He could earn our forgiveness for everything we've done wrong, as well as a place with him forever in heaven. Jesus suffered and died and rose again for you, for me, and for all people everywhere to accomplish that very goal. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11, it says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So through faith in Jesus as your personal savior, you have God's grace, you have God's forgiveness. And understand something, okay? These are not things that you somehow earned because you changed your outward appearance. And you certainly don't deserve these things, but they, God gives them to you as his gift. As it says in Titus 3, it says, God saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So because of Jesus' death on the cross, because of his resurrection on that first Easter, all the ugly stuff that I'm capable of doing, all of the ugly stuff that you are capable of doing, all of it is forgiven. When you confess your sins, when you trust that Jesus is your savior from those sins, God takes those sins and he washes them away. And this is the best part. Well, it's very close to being the best part. He gives you his Holy Spirit. And here's why it's the best part. Because the Holy Spirit then takes control of that old sinful nature. So it no longer has to control you. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit takes control of your old sin selfish, ugly nature, that selfish spirit, so that it doesn't have to control you. And that leads me to the third thing you want to keep in mind. That's the plan, and that's God's plan. And Of course, God's plan is an amazing plan, and it also is found in Galatians 5, this time verse 16, where it says, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. See those first four words there, live by the Spirit? That's God's plan to cultivate a new you. And so in the time that I got left, let me just unpack that a little bit by sharing with you three guiding statements. And just to help you remember them, they're gonna begin with the first three letters of the alphabet, A, B, C. Letter A stands for act. Act according to the fruit of the spirit. Act according to the fruit of the spirit. And here's what I mean by that. Imagine that you have a neighbor who lives on your street and you do not like your neighbor. You cannot stand your neighbor at all. You do not like them, Sam, I am. you just you don't. It's just the truth. And even though one of the even though one of the qualities of the fruit of the spirit is kindness, right That's one of those nine qualities that we, you know make up the fruit of the spirit, truth be told, you feel absolutely zero kindness toward that neighbor. you just don't. So here's what I'm suggesting here's what I'm suggesting instead of instead of um, acting in a way that, you know, where you, you don't feel kindness toward them, I would say turn that around and act according to the Spirit and act in kindness anyway. Even though you don't feel any kindness, act as if you were kind toward that person. Act as if, act according to the Spirit. In other words, don't allow what's natural to control you. Because if you don't like your neighbor and you don't, then what would be natural? What would be natural would be ordering a pizza and having to deliver at their house at two in the morning. What would be natural would be putting a for sale sign at their house or driving across their front lawn. So I'm suggesting don't do that. I'm saying act according to the fruit of the spirit. Act as if right? And here's why I say that. When you act as if, guess what the Holy Spirit's going to be doing at the same time? He's going to be working in you to the point where you don't have to act as if. It's just going to be a natural reflection of the Spirit's presence in you. Does that make sense? So you want to kind of be proactive, Even though you may not feel like being kind, you're going to be kind anyway. Doggone it. And know that the Holy Spirit is going to be working in you, equipping you, empowering you so that it just becomes a normal part of you. Huh. Act according to the fruit of the Spirit. Second is the letter B, and that means that stands for believe. Believe that God is your only power source. Believe that God is the only source of power for uh, to cultivate a new you. Right? And and this is important because if God is not your power source, that first step of acting according to the fruit of the spirit is gonna be nothing more than just an act. And you don't want that. And And not only that, but you're gonna start looking for these other things to make you feel good or look good on the outside. And we've already learned that doesn't work. They don't, that doesn't satisfy. So believe, believe that God is your only power source, that he is the only way to cultivate within you a new you. And Jesus talks about this. He talks about this in John 15. Look at this. Jesus says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying, look, if you want to be a better you, a new you, and and, and you want to cultivate and produce the fruit of the spirit, and I I think you all do. That's why you're sitting here right now. Jesus is saying, look, to have that happen, you need to be connected to me. So obviously, you want to stay connected to Christ the vine, because your only other option is to be connected to the vine of the world. And let me just be clear. The fruit that you produce is directly related to the vine to which you are connected. So if you are connected to the vine of this world, guess what? You're going to be producing. You're going to be producing that bitter fruit of the selfish spirit. Yuck. Yuck. So you wanna stay connected to Christ, the vine in faith, because then the Holy Spirit will be at work in you, helping you to cultivate and produce the fruit of the Spirit. So act according to or in alignment with the fruit of the Spirit, while at the same time believing that God is the only source of power for which you can cultivate and produce that fruit, and then let her see choose. Choose God, whoops, sorry, went too fast. Choose God's way at every encounter. Choose God's way at every encounter. And here's the thing, you don't want to miss this. As the Holy Spirit empowers you and enables you and equips you to choose God's way, because again, you can't do it on your own. So as the Spirit allows you, empowers you to choose God's way again and again and again, eventually it gets to the point where you don't, it doesn't have to be a conscious decision, right? You don't see a car on the side of the road and you think, yeah, I don't know, should I help him or not? No. it just You just do it. It's like breathing. It's like breathing. Now, obviously, that's a lot easier said than done. And frankly, I think the reason why so many people in our world don't choose God's way is because they simply don't know what God's way is. And that makes sense, right? If you go into a restaurant and um, you don't have a menu, you're not going to be able to know what to order. So, In order for you to choose God's way to help you do that, I have provided at the bottom of your sermon outline that passage from Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to commit it to memory because that way it can filter your mind. And that can then impact what you say or what you think or what you do. And best of all, it can help to cultivate a new you for this new year of 2023. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways. First, let me just challenge you between now and next Sunday, offer a prayer, thanks that the answer to your sin is Jesus. All right, sometime, maybe today, maybe right now, maybe next couple of days, just say God thank you. And, and you know, worship him, praise him. It's just it's common, you know, common good manners. Say, God thank you, that even though I didn't earn it, even though I don't deserve it, yet filled with love. You dealt with my sin problem in Jesus, thank you. Second, commit the fruit of the spirit to memory. Again, it's printed out on your sermon outline or you can look it up, but get it into your head, get it into your heart, because then it can flow out into your life, right? But you gotta learn first. Third, learn God's way by connecting to him each day in his word. Remember, he's the vine, y'all the branches, So whether it's a personal, you know, time of devotion or a large group Bible study or a small group Bible study, I don't care, take time each day to be in God's word because that's the channel, the conduit by which the Holy Spirit flows and then empowers you to have the wisdom to see God's way, the courage to choose God's way and the strength to walk God's way. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's pray about that. Father, thank you for speaking to us today because Lord, we want to be better. We do, but we also know we can't do it on our own. We need you to change us from the inside out. So Father, today we ask that you would just flow your spirit into our hearts and into our lives and cultivate, cultivate within us Christ-like character. Father, bless this series and bless it. Bless us through it. We love you and we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said... Amen, amen.